happy fall it is here summer is over and we are entering a new season and with newness sometimes it means a change and a change in our homes a change in mindset a change in schedules a change in dinner menus a change in whatever it is but for me today and this week we are talking about ways that we can embrace that newness the fall way Today, we are talking about ways you can fall in love with your home. So not necessarily golden leaves and bustly winds. We're not talking about that. We are talking about falling in love with your home again when you're feeling stuck. But on Thursday, we're going to give you specific ways for bringing fall into your home in ways that don't just mean bringing in all the pumpkins. (laughs) All right. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. This week, it marks the beginning of fall, and this is one of my very favorite seasons. I absolutely love the colors. I love the smell. I love the really cool mornings and the really warm afternoons. And honestly, I really love the changing menu. My cooking changes during each season. From summer to fall, it transitions into more soups and kind of cozy, heartier meals. But last week, last week, it was a little drizzly here in the Northwest, and I got to make my first pot of chili. It was wonderful. Okay, I am not talking to you about my cooking. (laughs) I am not talking to you about how my menus change and my seasonal cooking changes, though I could. I could go on and on about that. But what I'm talking to you about today is how we can fall in love with our home. And it is fall, so we are doing a teeny tiny mini series on on that, on just that. So today we're talking about the falling in love with your home. So I would imagine most of us do not live in our dream home. Most of us are not in our forever home. Most of us are living in a in a home that is sufficient. It is nice, it is fine, it is fill in the blank with whatever adjective you want. But I'm guessing it is not your version of perfect. Now, if you've been hanging around me for a while, you know that I think um, perfection is not, should not be put on a pedestal and perfection should not be the goal. But we all have ideals and we all have standards. My home, this isn't my forever home. This isn't my, I want to retire here. And it's not the home I envision my kids coming home from college to. It's not. I have that home imprinted into my mind. I have that vision imprinted and it's going to be attainable, I hope, someday, God willing. But 
today it's not it and that's okay. But I would imagine most of us are living in a home that is just, it's just fine. It serves its purpose. It meets its needs. It's as pretty as it can be. If not or not, we're learning how to do that. It is functional. It is all those things. But sometimes we get stuck in a rut. Sometimes we start feeling like the grass is greener. Surely if I had a brand new home, the grass would be greener. Surely if I have a brand new home, it will be easier for me to prepare the meals because I will know where all my stuff is. Surely if I start over with a brand new home, it will be gorgeous and I'll love it. Surely if I start with a brand new home and not even brand new, like new build, but brand new to me. Surely if I start over, I'll, I'll decorate it right the first time and I won't have these I won't be tripping over all the piles of stuff. Surely if I have that brand new home, I'll be fill in the blank, right? I could go on and on and on. A lot of us live in that space of the grass is greener. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes we get to the other side of the grass and we think, oh dear, it was actually pretty good over there. Dang it, it was pretty good. So today I'm talking to you about if you are in that space of I think the grass is greener. I'm peeking up and over that fence. I'm kind of browsing homes because I think something's better out there. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Sometimes we get in a rut in our home. Sometimes we get stuck there. Sometimes we get that feeling of if I make changes, it's going to be better. And of course, we all have that laundry list. That laundry list could be so incredibly long and so incredibly costly. Sometimes though, little changes make big impact. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how we can fall in love with our home without tearing down a wall, without replacing the carpet, without spending your whole Saturday painting a room, though you know, (laughs) though you know, I love that. We are talking about falling in love with your home again in small ways that make big impact. So what do I mean by that? I want you to imagine, I want you to play a game with me for a minute. I want you to imagine that you were going to be packing up and moving tomorrow. You were going to be putting your home on the market. You were going to be, um, someone offered you double the price of your home and it was too good of an offer to pass up. Whatever, whatever it was that would kind of get you to the place of moving. And some of you are like, oh, too much work. I don't want to imagine that. But I want you to for just a second. And I want you to think about all of the little things that you would want to do in order to put your your current home on the market. What are those little things? Those little things are going to make a mighty impact. Those little things that have been 10 years of scuff marks on baseboards, the dirty walls, the smudge marks from chippy paint, whatever it is, those teeny tiny things, that is what we're going to be talking about today. Popping back to the days when I was staging homes and the highest honor I got was a compliment paid to me that sounded like this. After I was done staging their home, they said, dang it, now I don't want to move. I love my home so much. I don't want to move. We didn't do a lot. We didn't do a lot to their home. Just a little bit of freshness here and there. And their home was ready to sell. And it sold within days above asking. It didn't take a lot. 
And so how can you fall in love with your home if you don't want to spend the entire weekend painting every surface? I don't. I don't have that time. (laughs) Actually, I want to. I really want to. I really want to tackle one of my bathrooms, but I don't have that much time right now. So what are we going to do instead? We're going to take those teeny tiny little suggestions I would give to these homeowners, and we're going to put them into practice in your home so that you can fall in love with your home again. Okay, here they are. Number one, get a magic eraser. (laughs) Magic erasers should be your best friend. They should be in your cleaning toolkit. And if you have never used one, I want to tell you. So as a former first grade teacher, I used to have my kiddos sit together in table groups. And for a, a month or three weeks or so, these little people would form a team at their table. And as that team, they did lots of things together, but one of them was sharing their school supplies. They had a a pencil caddy that kind of looked like, okay, I'm I'm dating myself here, a caboodle. (laughs) Do you know that term? Do you know what a caboodle is? From my college days, my high school days that you would take to the shower, you know, one of those. Okay. It looked like that. And it held all of their supplies. It held their pencils. It held their scissors. It held their glue. It held their crayons. It held their markers, their color pencils. It held all the things so that they could share them together. Now, I won't go into what happens when we only have two red crayons, but five kids who want those. (laughs) We need to learn how to share. Anyway, by the end of the year, if you can imagine teeny tiny little hands, first grade hands, grabbing things in and out. They're putting pencils back. They're putting crayons back. And those pencil caddies got pretty gnarly after a year because there would be pencil scrapes. There would be crayon smudges. There would be markers going into these caddies without the lids on it. And after a while, after the nine months of being in school together, they would get nasty. They would need to be cleaned. And I didn't go out and buy new ones each year. I reused what I had, but I didn't want the new class coming in to have something particularly nasty and gross. I wanted them to feel like this is a fun space. So I cleaned them with Magic Eraser. My goodness, Magic Eraser, if you don't have one in your cleaning toolkit arsenal, you need to get one. These are so good. And if you know the secret behind magic erasers, would you come tell me? (laughs) Because I don't really know how it works. I just know that it does. And so if we take that idea, and if I know that they can clean my nine month gross grubby first grade pencil caddy, I know that they can clean smudges off of uh, baseboards. I know they can clean smudges off of door handles. I know they can clean smudges off of walls. I know they can do all that. So grab your magic eraser and start taking taking care of those teeny tiny little spots. You don't have to do it all in a day. But I imagine if you said, today I'm going to do the downstairs baseboards or even just the living room baseboards and tomorrow another one, tomorrow the dining room. I imagine all those years of remote control cars bouncing off the walls, I imagine those are going to look, without a fresh coat of paint, so much better. So much better than they are today. So that's my tip number one, is grab a magic eraser and use it to your advantage. Tip number two. If you don't have... Now, 
I have moved away from this, but Goo Gone or Dissolve It, I've moved away from that product and I use lemon essential oil that does the same thing. But if you have sticky surfaces that are stuck to your door, like how many of you raise your hand if you have kids who like putting stickers all over things? <laughs> they go on furniture, they go on windows, they go on doors, they go all over and it leaves that sticky residue. Sometimes we, for our birthdays, we have a birthday tradition where um, for the birthday boy, he wakes up to, in the morning to streamers and balloons hanging from his door. And sometimes that tape gets stuck and there's that residue. So Goo Gone, dissolve it, lemon essential oil, rub it on a little piece of um, paper towel or a, um, a rag and wipe it off. And then if you're using lemon essential oil, it smells good too. And if you don't have those, why not try a blow dryer? Try a blow dryer, get the heat on that sticky and it will melt the heat and then you can wipe it off with soap and water. So you can try that too. Okay, tip number three, wash your walls. <laughs> okay, this is tricky. If you have builder grade paint and it is matte and it is flat, washing your walls is going to be not the solution for you. You, If you were my um, client and you were going to be selling your home, I would say, sister, let's roll up our sleeves and let's paint this puppy. But if you have walls with a little bit of sheen, just a little bit. You could and should be able to wash your walls. Now, if you were to walk in my home, you would see, <laughs> oh my boys, I love them so much. You would see like a trail of dirty handprints all the way going down the stairs, all the way. It's like they don't use the rail, they use the hand and I mean, sometimes they do catapult themselves off the top step to the bottom. We're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> but, and of course, my hair gets gray because I see that or hear that landing. But they will just, you'll just see their trail, their little trail of dirty hand smudges all the way down the wall, turning the landing, going down the stairs. And that is where I'm going to be concentrating my time on because you can see it, it's visible. Also, I have um, a dog who likes to lay on the landing and sometimes his coat can leave some dirt on that, on that wall. So washing your walls will make a dramatic difference and washing them with soap and water. Okay, tip number four. If you have leftover paint from when you painted your home years ago, um, do some touch-ups. If you need to fill some of those little holes, little gouges, little things that kind of got nicked here and there, fill it up, sand down that little spot and touch up your paint. Do you not have paint to touch up? Do you have the paint can? If you have the paint can, take it to the hardware store, have them color match it, and then bring home a little, a tester pot. But make sure if you do not have your paint saved with whatever paint store system you have on hand, um, you know, that keeps it electronically, if you don't have that, make sure you're writing down your paint colors so that you can have access to, to them later. And if you can't do that, don't do that, then keep the paint can until you get the replacement. But electronically, that is a good way to go, keeping that so that you know that paint store can have the formula to mix up paint if they need to. But spending a little bit of time going over and touching up that paint is going to make it so that your eyes don't 
immediately go to those negative spaces within your home. Okay, and tip number five, you guys all know it's coming. (laughs) This is something that I would tell my clients all the time. Now, we're pretending, remember, we're pretending we're moving, right? So this can't, this of course would happen if we were going to be moving. This would happen if you are getting ready to sell your home. And if you are, listen to this. If you hear nothing else, listen to this. Uh, Whatever your realtor told you to remove from your home, remove from your home and then double it. (laughs) What I mean by that, you know, if we really are selling our home, if we really are, not all of you are, but if we are, people lack imagination for the space that they're walking into. They don't necessarily see the potential. Some people do, and some people have a really great eye for that, but some people do not. They see what is there and then they get stuck. And it's hard for them to imagine what it will look like to put their body, their home, their family, their stuff in that space. And so removing your stuff, and I don't mean to a blank slate, but I mean really, really, really paring it down so that it looks like you are a minimalist. Removing your stuff creates space and and room for imagination for these people who are potentially going to be living there. What does that do for you if you are not actually moving? It creates space and frees up time so that you can spend time with the people that you love the most in your home. So if you are feeling like you are stuck in a rut within your home, if you're stuck there, I want you to think about removing some of your stuff, removing some of that stuff and then double it. Because we are living day to day in excess. A lot of us are. We are living in excess. And when we can remove that, it frees up our time, our space, our energy, so that when we are home, our home can actually be a respite for us. Our home can be a place that serves us and serves our family and isn't a place where we are constantly battling. Because so many of us have that as our scenario where when we get home after a long day of work, we pick up our kids from their sporting event, we come back from vacation or a weekend away, and we enter our home. Our home, we hope, should be a respite from the world around us. And sometimes stuff gets in the way of that. So that was tip number five. Remove some stuff and then remove more. Double that. But some of the things that you should concentrate on realistically you know, the broken things, the things that your kids have outgrown, both in what they put on their body and what they consume. Um, The things that you don't necessarily use. Have you used this specific thing, whether it's clothing or, you know, a kitchen item or whatever, have you used it in the last six months? If you haven't, you know what, guys, someone out there is going to love that. Not the dump. The dump doesn't love that unless it's broken, but someone out there is going to be so blessed because they found this amazing treasure for their home. Someone out there will be. So bless it and release it. Give it away to free up space for you. Okay, so those are my top five tips for falling in love with your home again. And they're kind of that, let's just kind of put that little sparkle on. Put that little bling on your home again without really having to move into a new space. 
but there are of course more. So let's talk about that for just a second. So if we go back to that scenario where we are pretending that we are moving, we're pretending that we're getting our home ready for sale, we're pretending that someone came and offered us in cash double the amount of what our home is worth. Awesome. We'll go. Here we go. But we're going to get our home ready for you. What would you do? What are some of the things that you would do? What are some of the things that when you look at your space, you think, oh, I would not want someone who's going to come buy my home. Look at this. Oh, I need to clean that. I need to. What are some of those things? For me, I can give you a couple off the top of my head. If I were putting my home on the, on the market, I know they look in closets. So my linen closet upstairs is also our game storage. I would double down on that. I would make sure that when they open it, they see that my linens are not overstuffed and my blankets are not mingling with my board games. That's just a personal preference for me. (laughs) And then I would remove some of the extra games that we don't play with anymore. I would, moving downstairs to my junk drawer in my kitchen, you know what, actually, I wouldn't even do this just because I'm moving. I would do it now. In fact, I'm going to do that this afternoon. My junk drawer is getting a little overstuffed. The rubber bands are falling out of their little container. My chip clips are falling out of their container and I need to just remove some of the other things here and make it a little bit more organized. You know what else I need to do in the kitchen? I need to clean out the crumbs that are inside of my utensil container. Those things collect a little bit. And by the way, I should probably wipe down the cabinets. Okay, so these are just a few little things that I would do to prep my home, but what would you do? And I don't mean the big things. I don't mean knocking down walls, redoing flooring. I don't mean painting the whole room again. I don't mean any of that. What are the little things? And if you can concentrate on a little thing today and then a little thing tomorrow and do that for a week, I don't know. Would you fall in love with your home again? Maybe you would. All right, guys, that was a quick five quick tips for how you can fall in love with your home again before you get desperate and put it on the market so that you create more work for yourself and (laughs) end up realizing that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Next time we come back, we are talking about five ways you can spruce up your home for fall. And because we're going there, it is a fall series. All right. I hope you're well. See you soon. Hey, real quick before you go. If you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.